Welcome to Hockey the Podcast in the Insights. We've chatted to players, we've chatted to fans, we've chatted to past players, we've chatted to MCs. It's now the opportunity to chat to the coaches in this edition of the Coaches Corner. We have South African head coach and assistant coach Justin Rosenberg and Cameron Mackay. We have Namibian assistant coach and former player Jerrica Cormack. And of course we have the head coach of USA Jason Mulder as we digest and prepare ourselves. For the Indo Hockey World Cup, it's getting underway anytime soon. And you're right here with Hockey, the podcast. Welcome back to Hockey, the podcast. It's Indo Insights, and we are chatting with the SA Indo Hockey Men, the Blitzstocks. Coaching staff, we've got Cameron McKay and Justin Rosenberg as uh, they ready their team for the challenge of the Indo Hockey World Cup. A tough challenge in itself, but the added challenge of hosting the tournament and making sure they uh, carry themselves proud, wave the flag, and uh, maybe look more towards embodying Bafana Bafana of 1996 and the Springboks of 1995. But uh, look, we we know that uh, South Africans absolutely love a home-hosted tournament. We know the Nepal World Cup is coming. We saw the FIH Hockey Nations Cup and what it did to lift the SA men. Uh, Rosie, we start with you. Welcome back to Hockey the Podcast. Uh, yeah, you must be absolutely stoked to be able to play this tournament in front of home fans. Yeah, definitely. I think it's something special that uh, we get to play this World Cup that's eventually taking place. Obviously, it was postponed from Belgium, and then obviously we got the the nod to host it. And I think it's something special that the guys are obviously going to relish as they get into the tournament from Sunday. You talk about that, uh, Rosie. Obviously, a year ago we were going to Belgium. Uh, well, two years ago we were going to Belgium. Then uh, it was postponed. Then we had to requalify because then the qualifiers came back on. We went through that. At that stage, you were the assistant coach. Then we were going to Belgium, and you were the head coach. Then that was cancelled, and it looked like uh, no World Cup was going to happen, and there was no uh, World Cup on the on the short-term FIH planning. And then almost out of nowhere came the olive branch, and uh, six months ago, we got awarded the Indoor World Cup here in South Africa. I believe USA were the other country trying to host it. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting, but... Uh, are you a little bit frustrated that you haven't had longer to plan towards us? I think in terms of I mean, obviously, look at it from a timing perspective. Obviously, we've done a lot of work. It was a little bit frustrating to only play against the Maria and the Bold up to us. We'd love to have obviously played against a couple of other clubs, especially European countries, where obviously the whole in the countries play most of the time. But in saying that, we've obviously watched a lot, a lot of analysis on the Euros and Ireland, the game teams playing abroad. Obviously, the Pan American games, we're looking at Argentina, USA, and obviously the Test Series down under where New Zealand took on Australia. So, from that point of view, we've obviously done our homework, and obviously the guys are ready from that perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Cam, we'll bring you in here. Obviously, this is your first big tournament uh, as part of the SA men's team. You've been part of it for uh, two test series, but this is a big step up. Uh, you've obviously led a team to the uh, the uh, IPT title before. You know what it's like to play in big title deciding games, but are you feeling uh, a little bit overwhelmed uh, 
or, or more excited about the opportunity that awaits you? Yeah, uh, thanks. I, um, I think that the biggest thing for me is, um, yeah, you don't know what to expect. So I think there's a lot of nervous energy still. Um, but I, I definitely, I, I like a challenge and I enjoy the idea behind um, behind going up against the world's best. So, yeah, I'm I'm all in and uh, and I've got a lot of, lot of nervous energy, but I'm just trying to be as prepared as I can be. Now, one of the things you talk about being as prepared as you can be, I mean, uh, there's the two of you, there's Nathan Dedricks, there's Robert Goslett, and it is a team who know each other well, who have good relationships with each other. How important is the relationship between the coaching staff in terms of the team's performance during the tournament? I think we we have to make sure that we are as tight a unit as we expect the team to be. So uh, if we can all all do our jobs and we can make sure everything is running smoothly from behind the scenes, then uh, it only makes the team's job that bit a bit easier. So yeah, I think it plays a huge role that we've got to make it as tight as possible, um, and we all do our jobs as far as possible, so we can just make life as easy as possible once we do get onto the court. Yeah, and Rosie, bringing you back in here. Uh, the South African team, four of your players were over in India for the Hockey World Cup. A couple of teams have uh, been impacted by that. It's obviously stopped you from getting together a little bit earlier. We've seen the likes of Namibia and USA be able to to get their squads together a bit quicker. But uh, they did fairly well there, the guys that uh, are coming back into the team uh, how quickly are you expecting to to see them back up and running and, and at full speed in terms of of the indoor game? And is there anything that uh, their performance at the World Cup can be used to help motivate and, and grow the team going forward? Yeah, so I think if you look at, we just finished the test series down in Cape Town um, not more than about six weeks ago. Uh, and the four that's obviously come back, they were very successful. Their connections down there were really good. They understood their roles, they functioned and, and they completed everything we asked of them through that testing which that we had, I guess, in Libya. But obviously coming back, we're obviously going to manage them into the team. It's sort of a, a case of if they're going to hit the road and they're going to go run in and, and hit it hard. We have to manage them because they've obviously come with a tough program coming out of the World Cup. But in saying that, that those guys gained over there, they're going to bring it back into this fold um, and obviously manage Management environment in terms of it's a massive tournament. It's a World Cup. Guys are, uh, are ready to go, but at the same time, it's controlled energy, it's controlled nerves, so that when the team and the, the group that eventually gets into the park, everybody's ready on the same page. You speak about the fact that it is a controlled energy. I like that. It is a big tournament. Um, but, you know, what is, what is the goal for the team? Uh, what, what would be considered a success, firstly, and secondly, what is the dream? Obviously, a success for the team is breaking into the top six. As an African uh, team in previous World Cups, we've never broken into the top ten. But this team, realistically, they set in the goal of breaking into the top six. A dream would be to make a semi-final. And that would only come from taking game upon game. We're not looking at come Wednesday, come Thursday. We're looking come Sunday, then Monday, then Tuesday. So we're taking one day at a time. And in doing that, it's part of a process to get us an ultimate goal at the end of the day. Okay, I'm bringing you back in here. How how uh, how weird is it, but also how advantageous is it that we only play one game a day? 
Yeah, I think for for us that uh, it's a it's a really cool thing from the from a coaching perspective because I think to do full analysis and and prepare properly uh, two games a day is tricky, uh, and we we've obviously had RPTs and whatnot when we've done it, but um, watching Euros and watching watching international stage and old World Cups two games a day is just uh, yeah it's it's quite a tricky thing to overcome. So I think the the one game at, one game a day here is just uh, it, it makes a big difference for us. Um, and I think, you know, the, obviously the factors in South Africa and the, the conditions play a part as well. But I think from an analysis point of view um, and from a, a planning point of view, we want to be as prepared for every game um, as possible. And we want to make sure we understand the opposition the best we possibly can. So I think that uh, it's, it's a game changer for us. The other, the other thing that is obviously of interest is the fact that, uh, and, and it's gone kind of under the radar as far as I'm concerned in speaking to people, is that this is being played at altitude. Uh, and yes, we've got guys based around the country, but it, it's something that South Africans are quite a lot more used to than some others. The other thing is it's being played at uh, the middle of summer, and we've had some blistering heat across South Africa. I know the, the past couple of days have threatened some rain. Uh, do you think that could be a, a massive advantage to the South Africans and maybe even the Namibians? Yeah, I, I definitely think it will. I know even even for us, um, us Durban guys, when we travel up to Joburg for for tournaments, we we struggle for the first few days. So I know a lot of the European teams, obviously coming in from from um, quite late in in their prep. So I think it definitely can play an advantage for us, and, and hopefully it does. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how it all goes. Yeah, Rosie, back to you. Um, obviously, you've got some experienced campaigners in the team. You've got Justin uh, Justin Domlia. I almost said Justin Rosenberg in the team. I mean, <laughs> I've seen you with the stick. You've still got it. Um, but uh, Justin Domlia, uh, the most capped player in South African indoor hockey history for the men. Jethro Eustace not far behind him. Uh, you know, they've been to a World Cup before, along with Ryan Julius. Uh, how important is their experience, and I suppose even uh, Robert Goslett's experience, when it comes to having been at a World Cup? Are you, are you leaning on that experience quite a lot? Yeah, I think if you, if you think about Gosley, the experience he brings from a couple of World Cups that he's attended, the know-how, the relationships he's obviously brought with a couple of the guys there to obviously get some extra video footage. That's a massive advantage for the team. To have someone like that from a video analysis point of view, knowing which angles to stand to do certain things, makes our job and myself and Cam's job a lot easier because obviously he's getting the best possession. He knows exactly what to what to do and how to unpack the things while he's at the pitch and on the court. Then you look at Justin and Jeff. I mean, what more can you ask from, from these two season campaigners? Be their previous World Cups. Bring in the know-how in terms of how things are done and what they need to do. And then obviously transcending that into the team environment. I mean, we've got a couple of youngsters. I mean, half, more than half the team is their very first one. All right. And then these guys have played two or three World Cups. And then the most important thing is that that experience, all right, is going to be obviously transcended to the rest of the team and the environment and make sure that the guys are controlled going into the first game. And obviously their first World Cup as well. Yeah, absolutely. We can't wait. But you do talk about the fact that uh, it's uh, a first World Cup. Um, it's obviously your first World Cup, but it is a home World Cup. So what, what would the call-out be to supporters? 
Uh, why, why should they get down uh, to Hartfelt Arena and make sure they are watching the action? I mean, if you look over the last 18 months, the tournaments South Africa have hosted from Junior World Cups to Nations Cups to now this in the World Cup and also the test series that we just hosted. We, we're amazing hosts. We put on a good show, not just for our fans, but for the rest of the world. But in, the same, in saying that, it's an exciting game. Uh, the followers that these players and this team has and they've gained over the last 18 months, they've just connected with the nation. They've connected with the hockey uh, community. They've grown their reputation amongst these youngsters. And it's something that these guys want to aspire to. And in saying that, these guys will obviously get down in their, in their numbers. We've always, had this, we've always had this thing where we said one team, one dream. And in saying that, the, the team is the nation. And obviously, we're playing for the badge on our shirt. We're playing for each other, but the bigger picture we're playing for the rest of the hockey family in South Africa. Oh, absolutely. The hockey family in South Africa will be behind you. We look forward to seeing you guys in action. Please uh, tell the boys they've got a country behind them, not uh, against them. We can't wait to see them go as far as possible and obviously uh, hopefully get to see them dancing on that court in the business end. <laughs> Gents, thanks very much. Uh, I will be seeing you guys around uh, around uh, Pretoria in the next couple of days. But uh, thanks very much for joining me on Hockey the Podcast. I know you got uh, some video analysis and some guys to pick up from the airport. So I'll let you get back to the team. And uh, yeah, good luck. Thanks so much, buddy. Cheers, Thanks, guys. Cheers. Welcome back to Hockey the Podcast. We're now joined all the way from Namibia. Although she's a little bit of a South African in heart, don't say I tell her I said that. Uh, but Jerrica Bartlett, she is uh, a former Namibian captain. She has played at the World Cup for Namibia. She's been there as a supporter. And of course, this time around, she is part of the coaching staff of the Namibian men. A very, very exciting and who I think is one of the dark horses for the tournament, the Namibian men. Jerry, it's not the first time you've been on Hockey the Podcast. It's always a pleasure. Welcome back. Hi, Ty. It's good to be back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so, Jay, I mean, we're talking in the World Cup because it's a couple of days away. It's going to be about a day away when this is released. The excitement is there. You've been there. You've done that. In 2011, you got to play in the World Cup. Um, very special moments. In 2018, you were at the World Cup as a fan, getting to experience it and seeing your sister have a, a wonderful tournament. And this time around, you're part of the coaching staff. How different does it feel this time around for you? Oh, yeah, when you say it like that, it's three completely different experiences, I guess. And going from being a player where we were had no reputation or experience to um, watching it at a different level and being able to um, support my sister through her journey. And then now being with the men, like as part of the coaching staff, it's I can't explain like the the differences. Like um, right now, the emotions are different. The The playing this kind of a role you have to be so much more um, aware of how you handle the players or how you how you handle yourself, so that the, that making it all about the players is more important. Um, obviously, the previous two experiences was as a player, you do your thing, um, you can focus a lot more on yourself as a player. But now you've got twelve individuals to think of, um, as well as the other members of the coaching staff. So it's it's a different emotion all around. Like you you're tired all the time, but excited all the time, and you're just running on adrenaline. Um, 24-7. Now, now, the Namibian men, it's a, an interesting category or story because those around the world who have watched have watched them play the South Africans. 
when you play South Africa, you have to play in a specific style. And so a lot of people wouldn't really know about all the other styles that Namibia really do have. Now, if you've seen them play maybe against Botswana, it was very tough because the golfing class was big. But I remember watching the guys play against Zimbabwe in uh, Harare. And there is easily two, three, four different gears that they they can utilize. Um, you know, Trevor has been very good in building different strategies for different moments. We've also seen against South Africa, they deploy here, that you've deployed different uh, approaches in different games and different moments. How excited are you to have the opportunity to to test yourselves against different opposition? Um, we're very excited. Our previous game now against the USA obviously was our first big test because we are pretty confident in the things we've learned over the few months um, and our plans going forward. Um, we've decided to adopt this um, Namibian style of hockey is what we're starting to call it. We, we've we agreed that, you know, we respect the Dutch, we respect Austria, um, but we, we're not trying to be them. We're trying to be us. Um, so we've come up with all these great plans to adapt to the players that we have. And I think our test against USA was was like actually pretty amazing because the last time Namibia played USA, we lost 8-0. Um, and, you know, it's been 12 years since then. And we now beating them 4-1, you know. So I think it was a great stepping stone for our boys to get through. But our main focus was obviously to stay humble. We don't want to now think we, you know, the next best thing just because we beat, you know, America. But um, we, um, we, we're playing Australia this afternoon. So we'll have to see how that one goes. So we're taking it day by day. But as I said, we, we just want to, we want the world to see us as playing our Namibian style of hockey. Uh, absolutely, and and Namibian style of hockey is fast. It's uh, frenetic at times, but it's also goals from some uh, ridiculous angles. You've got the likes of uh, JP Brits, Liam Hermanis, uh, you know David Brits, the Hanson brothers. You've got goal scorers all over that team, um, and maybe potentially the opportunity to play against other nations who who don't know them as well is a massive advantage for you. I think that's the beauty of this this group of guys is that they they're all capable of so much and our focus has been to make sure that they each know what their worth and value is and I mean I'll use the perfect example like a, a Nico Nietling who is a phenomenal defender I mean I get goosebumps watching him play and then he goes and scores two goals against SA you know as well so He's like he, one minute he's at the back, next minute he's up front, next minute he's at the back again. Like they, they, every one of them can score a beautiful goal. We, we're not. I mean, we have our strikers. We want them to do most of the work. But next thing you know, you have a Dakota Hansen scoring a short corner, you know, and he's one of our main defenders. You have Ernie, who's one of our, you know, main flickers, who's also a defender. So the beauty of all our boys being so well balanced is very exciting because. We, they know what their roles are, but we never know what they're actually going to pull out of their pocket to surprise us, which is like something to look forward to with the tournament going ahead. Uh, absolutely. It is a <laughs> breath of fresh air watching the Namibian men in action. Um, obviously, the other nice thing is you went to 2011. It was rather far away and cold. You went to 2018. It was rather far away and cold. Uh, 2023, a bit of a shorter trip for you just over the border into Pretoria, but also a lot hotter. Do you think that's something that will benefit the, the Namibian guys? 
Um, I honestly wouldn't be able to say. I think obviously it's it's we're used to it. Um, I think being, I think home ground advantage is is a real thing. Um, I know we have a lot of our fans coming through to come and watch us, which is going to be exciting to for, to have them witness what we'll um, be doing over the next week. But I think with regards to like the heat and the um, all of that, I think we obviously very used to it. Where we're from, it's so much hotter than it is here. Uh, so I think it's a huge advantage, but um, I don't think it's actually too much of a factor, but it might be for the opposition, I think. I don't think they're used to this kind of heat, though. No, I, 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 <laughs> I imagine talking to uh, Alexandra here, but I mean, they're flying over from Netherlands in rainy conditions. Uh, at the press conference today, we, we heard Maggie Mingo talking about the fact that the, the Namibian girls have just come back from a tour to Europe where it was freezing and snowing. Different kind of preparation that uh, for the seat, but uh, yeah, you've obviously had a bit of time now to see the venue. You've seen the the facilities. You've started to have a look at some of the opposing team opponent teams, opposition teams. Struggled with words there. Um, opponent teams. That's a it's a new one. You can all have that. Use it on on social media. Hashtag opponent. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, who who are you most excited to be able to test yourselves against? And, and I'm, I'm not trying to discredit any opposition. I know we're all excited, but there's always a team, you know, when when you play as a sport, there's always someone you want to be able to play and test yourself. Um, I 100% think it's definitely the Netherlands and Austria. I mean, the Netherlands is our opening game and they are, you know, like, you know, the, it's the dream of any, especially African hockey player, to be able to compete against a team like that. So, um, I think it's a huge um, honor to be playing them first because it's also one of those we can get that game out the way situation. But I mean, it will definitely show us where we're at once we get that game over and done with. And the boys are really excited because that's what you grow up wanting to do is play against Holland. And especially in um, with the indoor, knowing that Austria is number one. That's also, I mean, their second game and we can't wait to face them either because that will ultimately test our limits to the max. It will. Um, and uh, obviously the tournament is such a nature that a loss on day one doesn't matter too much. The objective is to get into the top four. Have uh, have you guys as a coaching staff tried to plot your way there? I know, I know it's difficult, but <laughs> have you targeted games where, where you – you really feel these are the games where we need to maximize our, our outcomes from? We've definitely discussed it. We've got um, goals set in place with the boys. Um, obviously, having come 12th at the first World Cup that Namibia men played, they haven't had a chance to really prove themselves any other way. So we are, we'd love to make top eight. I'm 100% like it would be, we'd already make history by doing that. Um, we do have a plan set in place, but... Um, I feel like with indoor hockey in the world right now, because it's been so long since the last World Cup and with COVID and everything, I think some countries who we have on a pedestal might not be where they used to be. And in that same note, some countries who we don't even you know, acknowledge are probably way better because I feel like everyone has had a different road to their prep. Um, we've spoken to a few other teams. They've all had, you know, difficulties with regards to finances and support and you know indoor hockey isn't as big as what we feel it should be so there's a lot of countries here who, who might not even have their best sides here so on paper their country's name is there but 
we they might not be who they were a few years ago. So right now, I feel like this tournament is actually an open door, even to the underdogs. And and I mean, obviously, you call yourselves underdogs, but if we really look back at it, the fact that uh, Germany aren't here is that a bad thing for the tournament or a good thing? I I don't think that's a good thing. I think it would be lovely to have the best. You know, you want to be able to have the best in the world here. Um, I mean, it's it's an advantage to those who feel that they might have lost to them. But again, I feel like when you're playing a tournament like this, you take every opposition you can and make the most of the situation. At the end of the day, the newspaper says that the winner is regardless of what, con- what countries were there. Like Holland missed out on the last few as well, and now they're finally back and they deserve to be here. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll miss them. would have been awesome to play against them or watch them play, but there's you know, 12 countries that are here that are worthy of watching as well. Uh, absolutely. And of course, there is another little nuance is, you know, you're going to a tournament where, and, and you've experienced this yourself, having played in the World Cup in 2011, there'll be a lot of people, there'll be a lot of noise, and it's a very different kind of environment. The PSI experience that your team had obviously allows them the opportunity to have uh, experienced rather noisy and loud crowds before uh do you think that uh the team will be fine and cope under the pressure of the the moment i i feel a crowd like that will only fuel um our team especially i feel i don't know i'm being a bit like generalizing here but i feel like men love playing for a crowd so um especially that it's home crowd i feel south africa and namibia are going to love the attention <laughs> um when we had the series against sa back home it was awesome having your supporters in the crowd i think it might have been intimidating overseas when you've got all those people cheering against you but i feel like that's where home ground advantage will be nice is hearing them cheer your name instead of the opposition um but at the same time, I think the bigger challenge will be for the management because, you know, communication and getting instructions across is something we haven't had to deal with yet um, in a big crowd in that environment now. But I think I think we'll be okay. As long as our boys are enjoying it, then it's easy for us. <laughs> uh, and I definitely don't think there'll be any problem when it comes to the enjoyment <laughs> of the Namibian side. Uh, have you guys planned any specific goal celebrations with any other players, Jerry? what people don't know is when you were a player you had a very very specific goal celebration where you basically if you scored you just turned around and ran back to the halfway and waited for the game to start again (laughs) um no so this group um you'll see it in all the photos they have um they've they've all got a goal celebration it's actually pretty cool to see i think it's become one of those where they want to score just so they can do those celebrations. It's It's been really cool. Like you'll see on some of the photos we post, they've all got their little thing and it's really cute. Um, so us as management, we just, we just glad a goal was scored. So we cheer really loudly, but the boys have their little rituals, which is pretty cool to see how excited they get to, to celebrate. Yeah. And, and knowing, uh, knowing uh, you and your dad, it will be a, a fairly, reserved even if there's a victory it's uh, a fairly reserved we might get a smile out of trevor eventually but uh, yeah i mean obviously only one game a day do you see that as a good advantage to the team or would you prefer two games a day to keep the momentum flowing um we were actually having the discussion about fixtures yesterday um even though um the there's one game a day which i think is nice no so I feel one game a day is actually, um, it's nice because it gives you more time to prepare for the next one. 
but um, we were looking at the fixtures and some people are a little bit of, at a disadvantage because, for example, like Austria play after us on day one and then they play before us the next day very early. So that doesn't give them much time to to figure things out, you know, um, after their first game. So, um, which is sad because we're also sitting here thinking, how are we going to manage, you know, getting, like you're watching the footage, getting a good team talking before we have to be at the fields the next morning by eight, you know, so... Um, I just feel the the spacing of the games could have been a bit better, but I think one game a day is definitely a good thing um, with regards to prepping for each day. And uh, if you had to put your, your neck on the line and say, what would success for the Namibian men be at this tournament? I mean, obviously there's lofty ambitions, but what, what, what would be a, a minimum objection for success? You know, Ty, we like I said, we are aiming for top eight, but I don't know. I've got I've got this feeling. Like the if if you knew the Namibian story, I would genuinely not be surprised if we if we made um if we made a semi-final. And I know that's that sounds quite hectic, but I like having watched what these these guys have done and just their their passion and their their work and everything like that. Like I I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Like it would, it would honestly just make sense if that if that had to happen for them. Oh, that is awesome. Well, we look forward <laughs> to supporting the team, Jerry. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Good luck. We will see you at the side of the field, and uh, good luck to the Namibian team as uh, you all, as a team, say, play hard, honor God, and what can go wrong. <laughs> Thanks, Ty. It's always a pleasure. Welcome back to Hockey, the podcast from Namibia. We move across continents, over the ocean, and up to North America. We're joined now by the USA Indoor Hockey Men's Head Coach, Jason Mulder. Of course, the USA finishing second at the Pan American Games uh, last year in order to qualify, losing out to Argentina in a cracking final game. Uh, a wonderful tournament that was played there. A really exciting uh, event that saw the teams battle it out. Uh, game by game and of course uh, that's all the USA qualifier it's been a couple of years since the USA were last at an indoor hockey world cup uh, having last qualified for the world cup in 2011 when it was in Poland uh, so joining us now is Jason Mulder Jason welcome to hockey the podcast hey thank you thank you for the opportunity um, to speak on the podcast I don't think I've been been on one for a long time, so quite excited to chat. Yeah. Uh, been following you guys for a long time, listening to a few things, Ross Willis. <laughs> so, um, uh, so I'm excited to to chat all things in hockey, especially the World Cup. Well, Jay, I mean, obviously from South Africa originally, um, in case anyone listening has uh, some wonder about the accent, uh, but you found your home in America, found your home with the indoor hockey team, and it must be something that impressed... Uh, or made you quite pleased that you were able to help the team qualify and get their way through to South Africa? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, it's funny you say uh, I'm, I'm from South Africa. I hope I didn't develop too much of an accent. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the accent's only so that some of the American uh, athletes understand. So banana is banana. <laughs> but yeah, I hope I didn't lose too much of that South African, uh, uh, that warm South African accent. Um, in terms of yeah, the U.S. team and, and working with the indoor side, it's been a journey. 
I started with with them two years ago, just over two years ago, at the local tournament. Um, looking at uh, some of the development structure within the USA-based um, program, and then as uh, IPAC came about, you know, looking at including the European-based players um, and kind of working with those two instances um, within the program has been quite exciting. Um, different style of players, different um, development models. Um, I think they are a great opportunity within, you know, the US uh, men's men's program. It's exciting times for us, not just indoor, but outdoor as well. And yeah, I've, I'm, I'm happy that and honored, you know, to, to be given that opportunity and position. Um, coaching a national team is really important and, you know, I understand the weight of that responsibility, you know, because you represent a country um, and that hockey community first. So making sure that understanding that um, and, and you know, the responsibility of the position uh, is important, not only to me, but kind of, you know, unpacked it with the players. And I have no doubt that these players understand that, Um and you can see it in how they represent themselves on and off the court. So for us, we're excited. You know, come from IPAC, uh, great final, like you mentioned. But to be at the in the world in the World Cup and show what we're about, you know, in the biggest in the world world stage, I think we're excited. Jason, I mean, you you talk about uh, that final. Of course, you'll have an opportunity to. Uh, yeah. Replay that final because in your group you are alongside Argentina. Um, you know quite a lot about them and they're a fairly similar team to the Pan Am. So obviously a few changes. Um, you know, is is revenge something you guys quite desperately would like? Uh, I mean, I can't speak. I think, uh, you know, from tournament to tournament is objectives. Um, you know, I think we focus on ourselves and our process. Argentina, of course, great hockey uh, nation, you know, both outdoor and you can see the indoor, the passion, the skill. They're very clear on the style that they want to play. And, you know, I I respect that. And it's nice to see that in hockey. You know, there are different ways to play the outdoor game. There's different ways to play the indoor game. Um, And I think that Argentina, you know, definitely have those, those talents that we see in the outdoor program um, and the expressive nature in their play. So they are, one, definitely a, a continent that I think in the, the Pan the Pan and Games, uh, the U.S. have, you know, had rivalries with in terms of competition. They know each other well. You know, the Argentinian passion and flair. Um, so that's definitely a regional, I would say, rivalry. Um, and it's always, it's an important game for us, of course. I think playing Argentina is always an important game. And uh, a close game, you know, with the Pride Day show. In terms of revenge and things like that, I think that, yeah, we just focus on ourselves. You know, we're making sure we prepare for every game, you know, and, and go quarter by quarter, game by game. You know, that's our mentality. Uh, anything anything more, I think, I think is, is in the game. And, you know, I think you can take away that or maybe it's defined in the game. But I think we focus on every opposition, like, you know they can they can beat us or we can beat them. Um, so going in there, even kill, ready to compete, and yeah, that's kind of our focus. Yeah, and obviously you do come out uh, with a team that has a couple of experienced soldiers in Pat Harris and Judge Kentwell. 
uh, with quite a good experience in terms of indoor hockey. Uh, obviously, you've also made the transition with an Aki Kepler a player with an outstanding goal-scoring record on the 11 side, now uh, joining into the indoor, along with Kai, his brother. Some exciting talent in that USA team. Um, and have you seen a nice uh, transition from the guys who have specialised more in outdoor over their careers? Oh, yes, of course. Definitely. I think the before even the hockey, just coaching this group, what is really evident is the real brotherhood and family within the group. And I always tell them, I feel like I'm the outsider. Mm. Um, they laugh and they, they're a great bunch. They're family because uh, they've played together on the outdoor side, this core group together for such a long time. And you can see the connection and the investment in each other, which is special to to, to be a part of. Um, and then, of course, Adi, uh, uh, our assistant coach, uh, he knows the guys well. So, uh, in terms of the transition players, of course, they technically proficient players. A lot of them have backgrounds in indoor. Um, you know, Aki and he played, you know, in Europe. And so they have a background in on the indoor scene. And so I'm, I mean, more than comfortable with the transition and the technical and tactical understanding. I think. And, and Jason, through this preparation phase, the next few days, you know, we, yeah, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, uh, one of the big challenges of of being in America is the geographical size of the country. You know, how, mm. how have you managed to have the players together and helped you prepare um, for this tournament? Well, yes, of course, it's a challenge. I like to see challenges, opportunity. Um, one, great staff in Nigel Traverso and Dr. Kathy Schiller that helps coordinate those logistics and gets people together. Uh, we base our program on the East Coast. Um, so the indoor program is based on the East Coast around Pennsylvania and New Jersey area um, and the Maryland, kind of Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, if I want to list them from south to north. Um, that's where we base the program, so we have access to, to the players. But it's also traditionally a region where indoor hockey is played more because of the weather. It snows more on the East Coast than on the West. Um, so we forced inside to play some, some indoor hockey. So we, we generally have camps at WC Eagles. I'm sure you know the Kentwells well. They, they host us and they're really great to, to provide us opportunity and facility time as well as center court in New Jersey. Um, so that's where we base our program. And a lot of the development will be around getting a senior group, USA-based players, you know, to train with the juniors back-to-back and then around big tournaments we fly in the europeans and kind of from there you know uh make sure we select in the appropriate technical levels to to develop the program i will say that the challenge is great because it's a blank canvas and i'm very passionate about development coming from central hockey club in cape town that's something we you know i was fortunate enough to understand early on and and develop within central so it's again another exciting opportunity to be a part of a, a structure that's developing. Um, and of course, challenges, I think we all have them, but uh, it's it's a great opportunity and the people I work with are amazing and they make things work. And the fact that you are from South Africa originally, how much of a, a factor do you think that is in your advantage? Just that you know the country, you know the way around the 
the understand the challenges of the country before you even arrived. Uh, so in terms of cultural preparation and all of that, how how, how much does that assist? Yes, uh, definitely. I think whenever you travel as an international team, um, you have to you have to be prepared for for the the uncontrollables and focus on the things you can control. So of course, South Africa, like any country, you know, provides the opportunity for us to to exercise that process. Um, I think the the conversation is that with any any group and any culture is how well do you adapt. You know, to moments. I think that's in relation to the field. You know, on things go. And obviously, you guys are getting underway on Sunday. Um, you'll take it game by game. Um, what what can the public expect from Team USA? Uh of course, no exciting team. Um, team that definitely expresses uh, themselves um, yeah, and plays for each other. I think we, we will go game by game and be a uh, you know, team that looks to compete in every game. Um, and hopefully we win, win over some of the public as you know, the, the favourite underdog team. If, if maybe my South African, you know, being South African, maybe I can convince a few people to, to wave uh, the red, white and blue. That will be nice. So we're looking to to play ourselves into that position to win over the passionate South African supporters and be the you know the team they're rooting for from from an underdog standpoint. That's our goal. Uh, epic. I think the South African public will get behind you and the team, Jay. And we just wish you the best of luck for the tournament. We look forward to seeing you uh, bring the African flair to the American team and uh, win over the African Hearts here at the Heartfelt Arena. Good luck to you and the boys, and we will uh, touch base with you over the course of the week in Pretoria. Thank you so much, Dana. I appreciate your time, and thanks to all the those listeners who listen to the podcast. I think that's that's the support we need to keep growing the game as well. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Uh, absolutely. Thanks, Jay. Have a good one. That was Jason Moore, the head coach of the Team USA Indoor Hockey Men. We'll be back with more after this break.